Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank doing you good? so much for having me. Thanks this is like the coolest. On. I have never been to a podcast before where there was an actual fire and we, it was nighttime and everything. It's so cool. It's so beautiful out here. Yeah. I we had this I when I started this thing, I bought a um fire like a bonfire pit on Cyber Monday at Tractor Supply. Oh, nice. And I started just having a bunch of people over on Sundays. Yeah. And we would just have the best conversations. And I'm like, wow. man, this would be so cool to like talk with like like really cool people just around a fire and like just put it out Absolutely. on Spotify to see what it does. So Yeah, I mean just talking around a fire, that's magical. It's like I feel like more people need to do that now. You know, everybody's kinda yeah. separate in their own little worlds, but it's yeah. like, ah, oh, just get There's together. something just like peaceful about it and like yeah. it just I don't know, just Something about just sitting around with your friends around the fire. Absolutely. We gotta get like a a smokeless fire pit and like like get a sponsor that'll just be like, if you want this fire pit, like <laughs> <laughs> for three easy payments. No. Um. Thanks so much for being here. For real. Thank um, you for am, having me. It's an honor. I am so excited to talk with you. Um. I. Uh. First off, I love your style. Like oh, I don't thanks. know if I don't know if like you're like a fashion queen or anything, but like. <laughs> I like was looking at your Instagram and I was like, wow, like this girl like knows how to dress. Like it kind of reminds me, I don't, are you into like vintage stuff? Like are you a, a, a thrift shop? It's what is so it funny that you would say that. Um, when I worked out of high school for nine years, um, a mariachi program, I was a paraeducator for a while. Oh. And about four years in this one, uh, one chick that was in the program um she came up to me she's like miss moody because they call me miss moody miss mm. moody i'm dressed up like you today and i was like what do you mean you dressed up like me she's like yeah <laughs> didn't you know there's like all of miss moody it's like and i was what? like i had no idea that <laughs> like the way that i dressed or whatever was a fashion statement i, I had no it. idea how did you like i just teaching? i like to be comfortable yeah but also add a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't follow trends, although I might. I like experimenting. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. whole leggings with boots. And that was kind of just, it felt more comfortable than wearing jeans, for example. Plus, I like yoga. And then I like cowboy stuff and, you know, the whole cowboy boots and stuff. Whatever. Yeah. What do you do, like, for, like, like what inspires the outfits? Like. What are you like a Pinterest girl? Like no, you just you just try. I try. I mix and match everything. See, that's what I'm. Yeah, I I mix and match. I love going to. Well, I like going to like thrift shops or even um, consignment stores. Okay. And just find cool finding cool pieces and then taking them home and being like, okay, let's see what what can match. Mm, I feel like it's more like trying it on and then seeing if it fits and it suits. Yeah. You. Yeah. And I'll... not being afraid to experiment. That's true. And so being on stage just kind of gave me permission to experiment. Mm. So in my everyday life, I don't necessarily dress that way. But when I'm on stage, I want something that's a little more that calls attention, yeah. you know, because I'm a singer songwriter. So a lot yeah. of times I'm just up there by myself, you know, I don't have all the lights and action and all that stuff. So adding that. a little flair in your style is always fun. I love that. When I was doing, uh, I've been doing music for like two years now. And like, they like the first year, like I was into it, I was like, okay, this is my look. Like, 
skinny jeans and like Henley shirts. Like that is my look. And then I come to Nashville and it's like, dude, you got to get rid of the skinny jeans. It's like everybody was wearing these like loose pants. I'm finally, I'm finally loose pants now, but everybody was criticizing me because I was wearing my skinny jeans. So I thought like for the longest time I was looking so good in skinny jeans, but it's out of style, I think. It, it's If it's you, then why is it out of style? Hey, I, don't, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. You know, I mean, one of the funnest things um, with my ex-boyfriend, we went out to a party and he, we were going to go dancing and stuff. But it was a warm night, and so he was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear shorts, but I don't have any decent shoes, so I'm going to be the guy in cowboy boots. Mm. So he literally wore shorts and cowboy boots. <laughs> and what's funny is that everybody remembered the dude with the cowboy boots That's and it. the shorts. That's I mean, it. Nobody does it, but until... That's kind of interesting because I'm going to kind of segue, okay? I grew up in a cult i was born into mm. and raised in a cult and that's you know the kind of going into yeah, my you have story a here. crazy story yeah but it's really interesting that it's always a cult until it becomes mainstream mm. then it's culture wow right so anyway, i i didn't want to like no, totally I, flip the subject i love it's that like somebody has to start the trends at yeah some point, you know that's so, so true i i want to talk to you more about that because you have from what I've, I know a little bit of already, you have an incredible story. And I've seen like the TED Talks and stuff that you've been doing. And absolutely, I mean, just from, we, we had a talk, we were like, who do we want like to come on this podcast? And we saw like some of your clips and we're like, that girl is inspiring so many wow. people and we want her on and we want her to tell her story. So I wanna give you the platform like right now, like I wanna know your story. I wanna know like the background, like. Um, I, I want to hear it all. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> for opening. And I just have to say for the record that telling my story used to be terrifying for yeah. me. I did not want to talk about the facts of, you know, my upbringing and where I grew up my, my whole life until my late twenties, you know, was what I now say is a cult. Mm. But up until about, the year 2020, the pandemic, right? That's when it hit. Um, I just told everybody that I was born into a missionary group. Mm. Oh, what kind of missionary group? Oh, it was non-denominational Christian missionary group. Okay, end of story. Like, there's no further questions. It was Brazil, and I was a missionary. Blah, blah, blah. Just keep everything under the rug, right? But then in, um, when the pandemic hit, it's really interesting because it put a pause on... On everything, right? Everybody is locked yeah. at home. But what I saw happen and unfold in the world was so similar to what I experienced growing up in the cult. Mm. Um, the culture of separation. Um, just the control. The unquestioning compliance and... And I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't escape one cult to just come into another. Or, or I was like, well, maybe I have to start speaking up about it. Mm. And then the fear hit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah. So what happened was um, I was born into now the notorious children of God mm -hmm. cult. And... I didn't see it as a cult, obviously, because I was born into it. 
the belief was that I was born into it for a special reason and we are the special people chosen of God even to like lead the end time army and you know you have all your inside lingo right we didn't listen to outside music um and we did do a lot of great things for the world like social work and stuff like that but there was a dark sinister side to it right and what happened was I mean, there's so much, and we just don't have all the time to yeah, <laughs> like sure. go into it. But basically what happened was I started questioning, mm. you know, especially because I had two children. And I started wondering, well, do I want this life for my kids? And I, I was always told that what was on the outside was bad. It was evil evil like i'd be turning my back on god be out of god's will as a christian i'm a backslider you know all those like heavy duty labels there's a lot of guilt and but i just it stopped resonating with me Mm. and the more that i immersed myself in the bible studies and in scripture to the point where it wasn't just for me, like I grew up memorizing the Bible and um, studying the Bible, like our just our whole life revolved around the Bible and the teachings of the prophet was more like it was his interpretation and the teachings of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? But then the more I personally studied it and it wasn't so much for me at this point, this was now that I had to teach it to other people. So I started leading Bibles, um, you know, Sunday school for kids and for young people. And and I just, I couldn't bring myself to believe in some of the doctrines, you know, or the their interpretation of the Bible. I, I made the leap. I took my two kids and had absolutely nothing <laughs> on the other side. And, and I, that's what I would call like my first awakening experience. And I've been unpacking that experience for the past 15 years, mm-hmm. pretty much ever since, no more now. It's, um, yeah, it's been longer since I left. And only sharing it since, you know, past few years when I decided I was gonna kind of go into speaking <laughs> alongside the music, you know, and sharing that story. But I just see so much fear in the world and And that goes back to my experience, too, is that I realize if you're what led me to leave was when I realized that what was keeping me in the cult was fear based. Mm. You know, Mm. it was fear, fear of the God that I was taught was the God. You know, if you leave, you're turning your back on God. Mm. God is going to be mad. You know, so it was staying was wasn't out of love anymore. It was fear based. And so that's part of what I want to inspire people to do is to really examine their beliefs of why they're doing what they're doing and everything, because it's not just the darkest of cults. A cult can be anything. 
You know, a cult can be an addiction or it's simply a way of thinking that keeps you stuck mm. in a pattern of guilt, fear, and shame so that you're, manipula you're manipulated by outside experiences and by other people and other trains of thought and you're not connected to source, which is love, mm. right? Because um, that's what God is. God is love, Amen. right? So if there's any belief in our life that is being controlled by guilt, fear, or shame, then it's not God. That's so good. Even, even, even the God that we believe is God, but if you're afraid of going down certain rabbit holes or questioning or even questioning, is there a God or is there not a God? Like, guess what? Then you're already in fear mode. Mm. Oh my yeah, because God is love. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> I love anyway, I went down kind of a different no, rabbit I, I hole. Love that. I mean, gosh, I mean, I know that there's so many people that are going to listen to the story. And I know you share it all around the world. And I love that. Like, it's amazing because what the enemy uses for bad the lord uses for good a lot. oh yeah and like i see that so much in your story and just the way that you're inspiring so many people and mm -hmm. my question is like how do you even navigate at life after that like right i mean going through something so how long was this how long did this last? okay so i left effectively in 2003 mm. but to be honest, I didn't, I hadn't really faced what I had been in and I had two kids. Mm. So I pretty much had to survive. I was in survival mode and that kind of is what pushed me into doing music and playing music because up, I didn't have a formal education. Didn't really know anything much about the outside world mm. a little bit. You know, I was in Brazil. They don't have benefits or mm. anything like that so it's like you got to make your way yeah. um so i started busking and doing music to support myself and that's kind of when i cracked open the fact that wow i love doing music mm. you know more than i knew yeah. <laughs> i did right but um to answer your question how do you navigate something it's kind of like i see it like our veterans you know a soldier when he's out there in the trenches and he's fighting, he doesn't have time to think mm. how that is affecting him psychologically or any other way. It's during times of peace when he comes home and everything's fine that all of a sudden, you know, the PTSD kicks in. Yeah. And that's kind of, it took being able to stop and and process and say look i'm processing all this stuff that i went through so that i can help other people mm. and there's a quote that i love and i forget who exactly says it but that the function of freedom is to free somebody else mm. right so once you've found your freedom you go and you help somebody else find yeah. their freedom too yeah so that's been my mission, you know, because um, the one thing that I learned is that you can't, 
escape from a prison that you don't know you're in. Wow. And a lot of people struggle, I think, in their lives with so many things. And they they feel bound by society's expectations mm. or, you know, just all the shoulds or by religion or by social situations. And they're in a prison, but they don't know how to escape. Mm. So the way out is to get curious, just get really curious and then make it your mission to reinvent yourself. And what happened with me, I guess this happened twice, is that there was a funny, there was like a turning point after I had left, I was already in the States and I had been in the U.S. already for some time. And it was something silly, actually, that happened. <laughs> I was I was um, arrested for on on account of I had a neg driving situation. Uh -huh. Right. After like a ladies night with my girlfriends. I talk about this in my in my talk, right? In my keynote. Yeah. Um, for me it was a big deal. Sure. But to lots of other people have pointed out, hey, that's not such a big deal. Like mm -hmm. it happens. No, but for me it was a big deal, right? Because of so many other factors. But like, so here I am, you know, I, I get arrested and I'm sitting there in the back of the cop car for, you know, whatever. And then I just realized, I was like, you know what? I was not made for this. I, I like, what, what is going on? Like, yeah. and, and it just came to me at that moment, the verse, all things work together for good mm. to them that love God. Mm. So I could leave it to fate, right? Well, Okay, well, here I am, you know, I'm just leave it to fate because all things work together for good to them that love God. Yeah. And I had done that before. But this time, it just hit me in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like it was a paradigm shift. All things work together for good to them that love God. In other words, if I love God, I'm going to make this work for good. So what would make everything I've been through, including the situation that I'm in right now, what would make it worth it for me? And at that moment, it just hit me. Well, if I have to go to jail, I can write a song in jail. Mm. I'll become a songwriter. <laughs> so like I literally right then I just decided I'm going to go to jail if I go to jail. Right. Because I wasn't sure I had never done this before. Mm -hmm. Like I was never written. You know, I'm I'm going to write a song in there and I'm going to become a songwriter. This situation is turning me into a songwriter. Mm. And as it turns out, I didn't go to jail. <laughs> didn't do any of that. Like <laughs> it, was, it was kind of all dropped. Right. Mm -hmm. But that one situation turned me into a songwriter mm. because two weeks later I wrote like my first song and from the heart, really. And that was my song Home. Mm. And it, it kind of, it set me on a whole other path. And, but it was because I decided that I, the way that I was going to 
put meaning to everything that happened to me up until that point was to create something out of it. Mm. And so in the creating of a new persona, like we, we can recreate ourselves. We create meaning out of our life. Mm. We attach meaning to the things that happen to us. And I'm not, this isn't to say that, this isn't to diminish anything, but like the extent of our pain and the extent of our terrible circumstances that happen to us, that is the extent of the amazing things that we can create out of them. Yeah. Like all of our hurt, if we transform it into something beautiful, yeah. we can make something beautiful out of it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is even part of my keynote, I'm like, I like walking people through. I'm like, okay, right now, think of, think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Like that one painful experience, that one betrayal or, or anything. Just maybe you feel trapped right now. What would make it worth it? Hmm. What, would, what would make that experience worth it to you? Hmm. And it doesn't even have to be related. It can be completely unrelated. Yeah. You know, oh, this happened to me. I was betrayed by that person so that I can become, I've always wanted to be an astronaut or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, yeah. and just recreate yourself. And then you step into that role and you start yeah. being yeah. that person and you practice being that person day after day. Yeah. And it's just rebuilding your life one step at a time. You know? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because I think of like, I think of people in like, you know, really just bad relationships, stuff like that. And you know, you, you mentioned like, you use everything for good and stuff like that. And I love that. I guess my question is like, how do you know when to stay or when to get out? Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like the listener right now that's just maybe in a really not so good relationship. Right. And as much as they, as much as they want to, you know, turn things for good and believe there is good, like at what point do you realize maybe it's, maybe it's better to leave? Like, how do you, oh, how do you decipher that? Right. Well, you have to look in your heart first. Yeah. And, and ask yourself some questions that you mm. might not, that might not be comfortable asking. You have yeah. to ask yourself, number one, what is the benefit from staying in that relationship? Because mm. we only stay in relationships and in situations when there is some kind of benefit. Mm. Even the most terrible of situations we stay because there is some kind of benefit. And for me, like staying in the cult, what was the benefit? I have to be honest with myself. The benefit was that it was cushy, comfy. I never had to face the world outside. I never had to know whether everything they were saying was true or false. Mm -hmm. I could outsource my beliefs. Somebody there was telling me how to believe, you know, pretty much my physical needs were met. Well, needs, I'm, I'm saying like basic, basic. Yeah. And there were people that did not get, but I'm saying like surviving. And right. this is, your, I'm thinking, I'm talking with a mentality of somebody that's surviving because yeah. you don't know what you don't know, right? Of course, yeah. So there's always a benefit. And then you have to 
Ask yourself, in what way is staying harming you? Mm. How is it benefiting you? How is it harming you? And in that point, you have to step into the shoes of like your own best friend. Mm. If your best friend was in that situation, what would you tell them, Mm. right? And then once you weigh those two options, then you gotta say, are you staying because of fear or are you staying truly because of love? Mm. And you just have to chase those beliefs down to the core. Is it fear-based or is it love-based? That's so good. That's so good. I always think of like, what would my mom do? Like, what would mama do? Right. I always think of that and it's like, yeah, it, some people don't have the loving, um, you know, the care of somebody in their life. Yeah. You know, like loving parents or yeah. or even somebody that they look up to. And I, I can identify with, with what you're saying because I've gone through a couple really bad relationships too. You know, the abuse of even the, the relationship with the father of my kids was an abusive one. Mm-hmm. And then I left and was lonely and jumped right into another one, you know. And so I've been through a couple of those. Um, And I remember at one time when I was just so lonely. And I was listening to podcasts about relationships. (laughs) You know, like, okay, what is a good relationship like? And Uh trying to, like, call in the right kind of relationship. They always say you got to feel into it you gotta like really envision the right relationship but then i got to the point where i was like well i don't know i don't know what a good relationship is like yeah i don't i haven't seen any good examples of it i haven't experienced any good examples of relationships so what does a good relationship look like and that's why i wrote a song that's called here and now and basically it was just i want it so good beyond anything I could ever imagine. Like mm-hmm. just lean into that surprise feeling yeah. of being so happy, yeah. you know? Um, and that's where our imagination can play in. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Just I, letting yourself dream, yeah. letting yourself feel good, you know? Yeah, I love that. I mean, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I, I was reading this this passage this week because you know, every guest that we have on, our, our our goal is like, how can we serve them in a way where it's like, this doesn't feel like another press interview. Like at the end of the night, like we want to leave you with something um, yeah. that maybe another show may not have. So I was reading in Colossians today. Let me move this up real quick. I was reading in Colossians today and uh, I, I knew a little bit of your story coming in and I came across this story in Colossians and I think I, we have a Bible over there for you. You don't have to open it, yeah. but it was in Colossians. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians. Okay. And I was in chapter three. And if you're listening, the ver- we're doing a little verse of the night tonight. Second Corinthians three starts in verse 17. And I read this and it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I love that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. That That, is just so important for us to remember. Right? You know, because 
when you truly feel love for someone, mm. there's freedom in there. You want them to be the happiest version of themselves. Yeah. You know, you want them to love you from a place of wanting to love. Yeah. And so it goes both ways, you know? Yeah. So it's like where where in your life do you not feel free? Yeah. Yeah, right. and I look at it like from a biblical perspective, it's like even in my own life, like the music stuff and these things that like I would chase, right? And it's like I was always chasing something. Yeah. And it's like the truth of the matter is, I mean, I look at this verse right here, right? Again, now the Lord now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If I was to reword that in the most simplest form, mm -hmm. all it says is there is freedom. Freedom comes strictly from the Lord. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is that like the only way to truly experience that type of freedom is to literally be in relationship with, the God, relationship of the universe. with God. Absolutely. And I, I think that like, it's very easy in the world, at least, you know, it's all over social media. It's like, okay, big money, like the big house. Oh yeah. More money. It's like, then you'll experience even financial freedom, right? Like that's such a big thing nowadays, like financial freedom and like having more time and stuff like that. And that is great. And like, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, like they're still gonna be an emptiness because the only thing that satisfies right. that, that thing inside of us is truly the Lord. Absolutely. And the Bible, there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about that. Um, so I love that. And I love like your story is all about freedom, just freedom from obviously, you know, everything that you went through. So I guess my question to you is how, what does freedom look like for you now? Now that like you went through all that journey, like that is such a great from question. a biblical <laughs> perspective or like just what does that look like for you now? And I, you know, I, I talked a lot about your music yeah. Um, I feel like there's so much freedom in that, but even more than that, like what does freedom look like for you now? Wow. Well, it's really interesting because even though I had left the cult, right? I was free from that, but I was still, I still had a lot of baggage. Mm. Right. And, and it's hard to move forward when you're carrying baggage. Mm, tell me about it. Right. <laughs> it's like, let's say you're, you're escaping from prison, right? You're let out of prison and, and you've got all the stuff with you that maybe you think you're going to need on the outside world. Right. Yeah you're hauling this stuff around with you and and at one point you just realized man I don't need this stuff it's weighing me down you know because so anyway it's working through the baggage and finding emotional freedom and what success means to me mm. It's redefining freedom. It's not just being free according to your terms or yeah. freedom according to society's terms. Yeah. No, what what is freedom to me? Yeah. And so like 
what you said, freedom to me is, it's so simple. It's being able to spend my day doing what brings me joy. Mm. And <laughs> I listened to a podcast a couple of days ago. I love listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here on a podcast. Yeah. Um, and it was by the, um, the mindset mentor. And he was talking about financial freedom and stuff. And, and it's, it, it's interesting that we have these illusions. Like, okay, so I started singing and, and doing music. I was like, well, now I'm free. I'm a sing. I'm doing my music. And at one point, then I was felt trapped by the situation I was in of just playing music all the time. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, there has to be more to this than that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, then maybe I need to go and make some money, you know, just start making money because I wasn't making a lot of money just doing music. Yeah. I mean, it was great, but <laughs> I wasn't making a These lot of money. These days, it's hard. <laughs> you know, so then I went and got the job and was making the money and then the pandemic hit mm. and I was slapped down, you know, just like, okay, so now I can't do music yeah. and now I'm not making the money, but, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm doing better than most, right? Um, and that's when it hit me that freedom is now being able to help others mm. be mm. free. Yeah. You know, so it goes back to the function of freedom is to help somebody else find freedom. I love that. Yeah. And there's this, we're having a, there's a, a gentleman coming on next week. His name's Jay Stringer. And he talks a lot about addiction and mm -hmm. how one thing that I love, I, I, I'm almost done with this entire book. <clears throat> and uh, one thing that he talks about is that people stay trapped for so long because their shame actually traps them. Yeah. I look at like, um, you know, people that deal with, you know, alcoholism Absolutely. or even like lust stuff or different things. And, and yeah. you know, you, you do it and then afterwards you just feel terrible. And we're, we're and, ashamed about things too that aren't even our fault. Mm. Like even me being, I was born into the cult. Yeah. But then when I found out that I was born into an actual cult and it wasn't just any cult, it was a notorious cult. Like mm. this is, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my God, like there, I was just stuck in this world of shame about that yeah. when it wasn't even my stuff. Mm. Like, and nobody has ever seen me like that with, you know, or projected that onto me, but it was something that I felt trapped in yeah. when I didn't need to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why I think conversations like this are yeah. so important. Yeah, sure. You know, just having more conversations about it. Sure. You know, my, I've had, uh, I lost a brother, mm. you know, my brother to suicide. And he, he graduated from medical school. He was ready to become a, a surgeon, yeah. you know, he made, made it through and then boom. And that is part of my story too, that kind of made me stop and go, whoa, like, whoa. Yeah. What really happened here, you know? And just wanting to really talk about things yeah. and bring things to light that so many people just won't talk about yeah. and sweep under the rug and the whole shame thing, you know? Yeah. The guilt 
shame, and fear are the three killers. They're、oh、the silent、gosh. killers. It's what the enemy uses. Like that is his tactic. And I think you know exactly what you said. There, to me, there's there's a difference between shame and conviction.、Um, you know, I think the、uh, with conviction, it it always brings us back to the Lord, and it brings us back to the Word and the, the truth. Really, with shame. The enemy uses shame to just keep on feeling bad about yourselves, and even you know the book talks about this. You just you're in this constant circle of not feeling good enough, and it's what leads you to do it again. Yeah. So you're you're in this constant thing, where, and you're you never experience freedom because your shame is literally dragging you in circles. It's a spiral. It's a spiral. It's a downward spiral. It's、totally. a spiral. Yeah,、wow. conviction spurs you to action to do something about it, right? And the shame just. Sweeps it further and further and further, and it kind of—it's like an anchor that pulls you down. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It—it it reminds me a lot. You know, you talked about、um, this story about your brother, and、mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. By the way,、yeah. I, mean, I know、um, I've had friends in the past、mm-hmm. that have gone through that, and I've lost a lot of friends in the past that have gone through that, and、um, it's so tough. It's tough to talk about. Yeah, and it's even tougher to experience. I'm thinking of like the person at home who's sort of trapped, not necessarily in a cult, right? But maybe in a mental battle. Yeah. How do you? How do you even? How do you get out of that? How do you get out of the mental cult, sort of, of、yeah. of just you and yourself? Your own cult. <laughs> yeah, your own cult. Literally, like it. I mean, it consumes you. It's consumed so many of my friends, even just like the anxiety stuff and depression stuff. What ways do you think is healthy to go about finding freedom in that?、Uh, we talked a lot about biblically, but is there anything practically that、yeah. you would say? Well, I have two really close friends that suffer heavily with、mm. depression, and I do have、um, people in my family, like even obviously my brother, right? But he was somebody that suffered in silence because it was taboo. Before、mm. in the cult to even go through that, and so he was unwilling to talk about it because he saw it as something horrible, you know, as demonic. <laughs> you know, I,、yeah. I'm just saying these words here because these、sure. are, you know,、sure. and so he didn't bring things to light that he could have, and therefore that took him down,、yeah. right? So. I feel like negative thinking—it's a habit、mm. because it's a neural pathway, right? That we've created, and I've done so much studying up on this.、Um, I'm not an expert by any means,、mm. a scientific <laughs> expert, but I'm somebody that's been in and around、sure. a lot of people、yeah. like that. And I know at least one person, a really good friend of mine, that. Was bogged down with depression, and she took herself out of it.、Mm. And now she's also a speaker on the subject of mental health. And you have to train your your mind. You have to retrain your mind, and that's、yeah. what the Bible talks about. You know, transform, transform your your,、yeah. yourself by the renewing of your mind.、Amen. Every seven years, our bodies completely transform. We are not、mm. the same cells. Right、Sorry. now, that we were seven years ago. Yeah. So it might be a long process, but anything is a process. Yeah. You know, if you're somebody that 
sits on the couch all day and you decide that you want to run a half marathon, yeah. you can't get up and just do it all at once. Yeah. You might just the first time walk up and down the stairs a few times mm. and then walk around the house and walk around the block, then do that a few more times and then maybe run, you know, half a mile yeah. or something. It's, it's baby steps. But what really helps is to be able to notice your thoughts. Because mm. we have our mind, right? And we have our soul. That's the us behind us that observes, yeah. right? So that's where meditation comes in. And I mean, the Christian term isn't quite meditation. There's all these different terms that really, other different religions use, but what it is, it's, it's transforming your mind. Yeah. You know, Jesus went up and prayed. You can say, call it prayer, call it meditation. But what it is, it's, it's building that communion with God yeah. and it's sitting back and being the observer of your thoughts. Because once you can see the negative thought happening in mm -hmm. your mind, then you've already kind of disassociated with it. Right, yeah. Once you see it, mm -hmm. it's like lifting the veil and you see that that is not you, that's a thought. Mm. That's so good. Okay, so you've, you've now you've seen the thought. And so the next time it happens again, even if it keeps happening, step back and watch it. Just, just yeah. watch it happen, just keep watching it. Yeah. And then pretty soon, you can plant a different thought and start directing your mind where you want it to go. Mm. I, I'm just, and directing it toward the good feelings. Mm. It's not enough to just get rid of a thought. You have to replace it with a good feeling. Mm. Like what is your happy place? Yeah. You know? Replace it with doing something you love. Start noticing the good more than noticing the bad. Mm. There's um, a story of a race car driver. I can't remember who it was that did this, but he was talking about when he was getting trained to drive race cars. One of the first things they say is, when you see someone crash, it's not if you see someone crash, it's when you see someone crash yeah. because it's going to happen, yeah. don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Hmm. Look where you want to go. Because if you look at them, your mind and your eyes and everything will follow where you're looking. Oh, wow. You have to focus on where you're going. So That's it's the good. same thing in life. What we focus on expands. Yeah. I love that. And, and the truth of it all is like, it's a choice. Like we talk, you talked so much about transforming mm -hmm. your mind and it's a choice to do that. Love is a choice. And it, we get, so I think we get caught up. <sighs> the heart can be a dangerous thing sometimes. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I love that the Bible talks so much about transforming the mind because the truth of it all is that like the heart is so connected to emotion and you look at it practically like in relationships and stuff. I mean, you've been in, I've never been in a relationship personally, um, but I have so many friends in, you know, people that are married now. And yeah. the truth of it is that like, at some point, 
that person that you married is not going to be the same person that yeah, you married at day one. And so if you connect all this, this readiness to get married and stuff to emotion, and even if it's like a physical thing and it's like right. bringing you emotion, when that's gone, you lose so much of yourself too. Right. And I love that the Bible talks about transforming your mind because that is a choice that you can make. Like the heart is based on emotion, but the mind you can actively choose to transform. That's reading the scripture and that's choosing to love. When when my wife isn't the same person that I married on right. the first day, I can choose to love her. I can transform the way that I view her now, you know, mm -hmm. and I love that. I love that. And we can look at ourselves with more loving eyes too. Absolutely. You know, I think that's like a huge... I think for somebody that is stuck in a spiral of depression mm. and in a place of darkness, you know, it takes work. Yeah. But to see yourself through the eyes of love. Yeah. See yourself through the eyes of your creator. Mm. Somebody created you. Yeah. God created you and saw that it was good. He didn't Amen. look at a single thing that he created and said, oh, that sucks. Mm. Like none of it. That's it. From the fly and the cockroach all the way up to the most magnificent <laughs> mountains in us. Like he's, he looked, I, I was I was thinking about this. I was like, and God saw that it was good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> you messed you know, it up. So it's like, Somewhere along the line, we, we've been fed and duped into the belief that we are flawed. Yeah. You know, God put you with gifts and something in your heart that only you can come here to accomplish. Yeah. Right? If you don't know what it is yet, maybe this darkness and you overcoming it is that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, um, See yourself through the eyes of your creator. Find one thing good about yourself. <laughs> and, then another, and then another, and then another, then mm -hmm. another. Yeah. It reminds me, I, I was when I was reading that verse at the end of it in Second Corinthians, I gotta turn to it real quick. I lost it. But it was saying stuff about like um here it is right here. We just read 17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Yep. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, you are exactly right. Like the Lord made this world and it was good. And so much of your story and so much of this verse and so much of freedom, it points all the way to the gospel. Because at the end of the day, the gospel is God did make the world and it was good. And at some point, you know, man came in and we didn't, we, we, we messed up a little bit and it created this separation from yeah. God. And the, the great question of the Bible is if God is holy and he's perfect, which the Bible teaches, and if God is righteous, meaning that he he has to deal with sin, mm -hmm. then how could a just God restore that relationship with humanity, everything yeah. that we messed up? And the answer is in the person of Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, Jesus and, was the embodiment of that. And that's exactly, and that's know? the God, that's such a, the beautiful thing about it all is that when Christ died on the cross, all of that was taken up on his son, on Jesus Christ. And, and you know, the verse talks about like uh, transforming into the image of God. And when somebody accepts that, we have the, my, my pastor back at home, he's a great dude, his name's uh, Joby Martin. Mm -hmm. He talks about this grace train that we go through and how uh, it begins with justification. It's like justified, never sin, right? Um, and then you enter into the next station on the train, which is sanctification. And that's kind of where we're all at now in this, what this verse mm -hmm. is describing. It's like the Lord is literally chiseling away the bad things of you and making him more like Jesus, more like himself. And then you get to the last station, which is glorification. And we're all, if we believe, and if we are in that relationship, are in that that sanctification train. And I see that so much in your story and just the way that the Lord is using you mm -hmm. for good. And he's chiseling away the past and he's turning things to good and he's making you more like his son and i just think it's so beautiful and i'm so inspired by just the whole thing yeah it's just amazing well it's it's a it's a journey you know because my faith has definitely evolved yeah you know i think like even the bible talks about this you know we're children and then we could become the teenagers yeah. right <laughs> yeah and then at one point you grow up and you see things a little more like realistically and you yeah. can get cynical or you can you become either an overly dependent adult which you don't fully grow up or you become a full-grown adult right and you take responsibility so i feel like my personal walk with christ is is has become the same yeah. you know because my beliefs were fed to me before and there's a million and one ways that we can interpret the bible yeah yeah. And it's whether or not your interpretation is helping you or hindering you. You know, like goes back to the same things. In what way is this belief helping me? In what way is this belief hindering me? Right. Mm. But then at some point, stop outsourcing your beliefs. Yeah. You know, and really be like, is this my belief mm. yeah you know in what way is believing that and i'm just going super deep here like this Go for it. <laughs> it's like in what way is my belief that jesus christ is the savior how is that helping me yeah and is it do i truly believe that do i truly you know? believe that yeah in what way could it possibly be hindering me yeah. and that's just, that's an interesting question and for me, it was like, well, in some ways, it's expecting God to do everything for me. Mm, like a genie. Yeah. Yep, I've been there before. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it can help somebody and give them hope. The same way that it can make someone just a lazy, lazy spiritually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Jesus is the son of God and he, he came to show us the way and we are too. 
you know, because all that believed in him, he gave the power to become sons of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's us stepping into that and following Jesus, you know, and what Jesus did was he restored that relationship. He's like that missing link, right? Between God. that bridge. Yeah. He was, he showed us that Mm -hmm. way, that relationship way to be, which is something that a lot of other religions don't have is that actual relationship with God. Yeah. But you can be a Christian by name and not have that relationship with God. Oh man. And you're still outsourcing your beliefs and everything to your parents or to the church that you go to. Yeah. You know, you never really open the Bible. Yeah. So you're not even sure if, if all those words that they're yeah. saying are in the Bible. And second, the Bible was written by men, inspired people of God. Yeah. Right? Are you inspired? Mm. God's still speaking to you. Right? So it's it's um stepping in. Yeah. To yeah. our walk with God and our relationship with God. Yeah, right? it reminds me so much of my own walk. Is like, I grew up going to a Christian church, not mm-hmm. a national church, and everything that I believed was always kind of just right in front of me. Like yeah. I, you know, I'd go to church and you know the pastor would say his thing, and right. I'd believe it because the pastor said it, and I'd live my life just like realizing that like, okay. I should live this way because pastor told me to, you know, or even my parents told me to, right? And I think it was like, it was around probably sophomore year of college where I really just kind of started diving deep. And I I had a question myself. I was like, okay, is this truly what I believe? And if everything, all these things that these people are saying to me, my parents and these pastors and my friends, like, do I truly believe it? And so I just took a dive and um, my buddy Jason Hamby was a huge kind of advocate for making me go deeper into what I believe. And I realized that like some of the stuff that was being taught to me was definitely not stuff that I necessarily thought was true mm-hmm. um, or it was very surface level. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when I, you know, sophomore year, when I dove into that, I started learning so much about what I truly believed. And not only did it strengthen my faith, but it strengthened my relationships with people. And more so, it just allowed me to recognize the love of Christ in such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. I talked about the grace train. And the cool thing about the grace train that I didn't mention is that the whole thing revolves around, you know, if, Nick was to show up today and, um, you know, he looks great. He's got a great outfit on, like he shows up and (laughs) he's looking good. It's like, all right, Nick's here. And then, you know, next week comes around and, you know, let's say we do another show, but Nick had just gotten hit by a train an hour before he shows up. He's going to look a little different. Like he's going to have some bruises. <laughs> he's not, he's going to look pretty, uh, pretty different. But like the same is true in like the Christian faith is like when you enter into that relationship and when you truly just accept the Lord and, and you really dive into it, your life shouldn't look the same, you know? Yeah. And like even just everything that you said, like 
your life now is totally different than what it was back then. And my life now is totally different than it was back then. I am, I'll be the first to admit, I am a, still broken to this day. I'll forever be broken. But there are things now that like I have grown in that was so different back then. And I love that idea of the grace train, realizing that like your life really shouldn't look different. It shouldn't. And it's only because the Lord is chiseling away the bad and making you more like his son. And it's all due because of grace, yeah. because of what was done on that cross. Well, we're never going to be perfect. Amen. Right? Amen. Never I mean, be perfect. God created the light. He created the dark. Yeah. And he called it good. He yeah. said it was good, you know. So it's, it's being able to accept the good with the bad and know that it has its purpose and then finding the purpose. And if you don't see a purpose, you make a purpose. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's what the gift of choice is. Yeah. You know, we have the gift of choice is that we can choose what we want to attach meaning to in our lives. And that just helps us find forgiveness. Yeah. You know, cause I, I mean, that's, we, I didn't even touch on that part, but that's a huge part of my journey was forgiving. Oh my gosh. You know, just the whole forgiveness of that. And yeah. How do you even, how do you even manage that? The part of forgiving those people? Or... Well, it's seeing yourself through the eyes of your creator, right? Mm. And then the second part is seeing them through the eyes of your of the creator. That's so tough. You know, and it was, I remember the day actually that I realized I had forgiven a very significant person in my yeah. life um, that had done a lot of harm to me. Mm. And this one day, I'm not going to say names exactly yeah, <laughs> who no, they were, but to. after a long, I, I remember releasing them. I, I had written a whole journal, like in my journal, just poured my heart out about just all my anger and everything that I was holding in. I'm a big journaler and I think that really helped me a yeah. lot. Um, and then that was it. I committed it. I, I didn't pray for revenge. I didn't want revenge. I wanted to be avenged, mm -hmm. which is different. You know, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And you will never, once you let go of your anger and you give it to God or you give it to the universe, you better believe that you will be avenged in a way that you can't even imagine because you will be retributed and you know so anyway yeah i i just i just have to put say this because um this was years after i left and years after i'd written that one journal about it and this one person just wrote me out of the blue and said hey i just wanted to say like you know i'm really sorry for everything i put you through mm -hmm. and um I'm going through a really hard time right now. I'm in depression. <laughs> you know, I'm in yeah. a really dark place. Yeah. And I had been reading lots of different Christian books and just books in general, like my healing. I didn't have any therapist or anything like yeah. that, but I mean the books and the podcasts mm -hmm. and everything I could possibly yeah. get my hand on. All the self-help stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just discovered the world of self-help uh -huh. and there were people that laughed at me, but I was like, yeah, this it's actually it works, there, you know? Um, and immediately a book came to mind and that was the wild, 
I think Wild at Heart. Um, gosh, I forget who who writes it, but it's a book for men. Okay. Wild at Heart. I originally wrote I read it because I wanted to. I was like, here's a single mom. I'm raising a son, and I don't know how to do this, right? And so yeah. a friend said, hey, you should read Wild at Heart. Yeah. And so I read Wild at Heart, and it changed my view of God. You know, this was kind of like a first step. It changed my view of God, which was amazing. And so when this person wrote me that had done me wrong and everything, and I was like, you know, you should read this book called Wild at Heart. Like, it really helped me, and it changed me, and it inspired me, and blah, blah. Sent the email. A few days later, I got an email back that said, hey, I went straight to the bookstore. I got that book and I read it and it completely changed me. Thank you so much. Mm. And I just noticed at that point, I realized that I had forgiven. Because instead of looking at that person with the eyes of aha, see, mm. they deserve that. Yeah. Like, you know, you did me all this wrong and well, there you go. You know, sorry to hear that your life sucks right now yeah. because you did a lot of bad stuff. So now it's all coming back on you. I could have said that. Yeah. But I was like, oh, you should read this book. Yeah. You know? And then that's when it hit me. It's because I was able, I, I had forgiven. Yeah. So you don't, and because I had forgiven, I was able to move forward. Yeah. And I was at a good place in my life where I could actually help other people. Yeah. So, you know, there's that saying forgiveness sets a prisoner free mm. and that prisoner is you yeah you don't forgive for the other person yeah yeah you I, know i think it, and, and forgiveness it's it's kind of like it's releasing it's 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 not saying that what they did was okay yeah it's saying what they did was awful yeah and i'm gonna let that go to let the universe handle it because yeah. I want my life to go in this direction. Mm. I want to feel free. Yeah. I want to feel happy. Yeah. Yeah, I want to feel happy. I, and I think I, I think the only way that like we really understand true forgiveness is like to really understand like the forgiveness that was given to us, you know? Like even like through the gospel, I, I keep going back to that, but like I think of like the people that I, I've forgiven in my life mm -hmm. or I've tried to forgive and that process, it's hard. It's hard, especially like when you're really close with people. And the only way that like I could get through it is to recognize that like the only way I, I can forgive is because I have been forgiven. And mm -hmm. it's like sometimes to make those, to have those conversations is you have to change your perspective on it. And you have to realize that like, okay, how am I going to forgive this person? Well, let me see how I was forgiven and how it made me feel and what did that look like? And that was that was all done mm -hmm. because we were forgiven. We were forgiven. Oh my gosh. And that, But that's the beautiful thing about grace. And you know, we talked about like, nobody is ever perfect. And the beautiful thing about it all is that we don't have to be perfect and that's okay. There's so many, uh, I mean, religions out there that teach that like you gotta, gotta be this good person. You gotta keep, you know, if, if once you, if you're a good person, then then God's gonna love you. Then you're gonna be accepted. And that is quite honestly, just so, such the opposite of it. Like yeah. the truth of it is that what was done on the cross was that so that when God looked at us, he would see his son 
and he would see his perfect son. And so we may not be perfect, but in God's eyes, because of that sacrifice that was made, we're made perfect. And that is just, it takes such a weight off my shoulders, knowing that like, okay, I wanna mess up tomorrow. I'm gonna mess up probably when I go home tonight. Like it's inevitable, but it's okay because, and and, you know, there's, there's a balance between, okay, staying in this constant sin and, you know, like we talked about, like staying in or getting out and conviction and shame. But the truth of it all is that like, you really, to understand what perfection is, to understand what forgiveness is, you have to look at the cross. You have to look at the story of Jesus Christ. And I think that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what is sin? Yeah. Like the, the definition of the word sin comes from, is the Greek word, which is missing the mark. Hmm. That's what sin means. I've heard that. Sin is missing the mark. So like the verse that goes, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what it literally means. You came short of that perfect mark. It's like you're Mm. aiming, but oh, you just missed. Wow. So sin doesn't have to be like, oh, broke all the Ten Commandments, you know, all that stuff. No, sin is just trying to do your best and failing a little bit. (laughs) Like, okay, bad. I fail at doing my very best. I mean, all you can do is try your best. All have sinned and come short. We've all come short of the glory of God, which is the perfection of God. Um, But what, what did Jesus teach? All he did was he picked up Mary Magdalene or, you know, the girl that was getting stoned and just said, go and sin no more. Yeah. It's like, try again. Yeah. Just get up. Yeah. Every day is another chance to aim a little better, a little better. That high calling, right? Yeah. And I feel like in, you know, adulting as Christians, (laughs) you know, is, is to really have that relationship with God where we are able to hear what is our calling, Yeah. you know, and just aim for that. And not be afraid of not letting fear of others fear of the opinions of man yeah um stand in the way yeah or or cause you to aim off you yeah. know just keep aiming <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, you're so right and i love that and you know it, it's so easy to fall into just like this like we said just like this constant like try 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 and you know i i think like even in my personal life i i I try 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 or like okay i'll I'll stop i'll 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 do better next time something like that and i think i've come to realize that like the only way to like get through that and the only way to truly just like get better is like to really just surrender it yeah. to really surrender because totally. the truth is we're going to keep on messing up mm-hmm. we're going to keep on messing up and the only way that we do any good and the only way that we can even you know have the ability to you know go out and do what you're doing and and you know do any good is is because of the 
the Holy Spirit that's living in us. Yeah. You know? And um, I don't know. It's just, it's powerful. The first feeling that comes to mind when you think of freedom, to me, it's joy. Mm. Yeah. And there's that verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. I just wanted to say thanks for so much for coming on. Um, I like to end the, the conversation with this question. What would you tell if you could go back in time and you had a time machine? What would you tell little Eden? Wow. What advice would you give to her? Fear less and love more. Mm. Yeah. Follow your joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fear less and love more. Stay curious. I think there's a huge correlation between love and curiosity. A lot of people that interpret Jesus's words about becoming a little child, you got to become a little child to go to heaven and talk about, you know, a child is innocent and pure, but I think a child is curious above all else, yeah. you know, and just seeing the world with wonder. Because um, when you're curious, you're in a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah. to stay in love with life and just follow your joy. I love and that. Don't let the things that are not joyful bring you down. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Where can people find you? Oh, well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. But if you want to, sh if you guys want to shoot me an email, just say hi at EdenMoody.com. Hi at EdenMoody.com. Hi at EdenMoody.com. I love responding to people and hearing their stories and just building that one-on-one -on -one relationship. You know, the social media platforms come and go. You never know what's going to be the next big thing, but... Go ahead and reach out. I'm a real person. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, we love you, Eden. We thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much so for much. having me.